Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. Let's go all the way to Trinidad and see what's happening there with Anne Marie. She's on line nine. Yeah. <laughs> how are things I'm there? So excited. <laughs> Thank you for taking my call. I can't believe you came to my little island. When you have I am. The world. <laughs> I love your little island. I've been to your little island. I love it there. You've Trinidad been to Trinidad and Tobago. I've been to Trinidad and Tobago. Tobago. And and where was I? Because I'm saying to myself, he needs to come to Trinidad <laughs> because I've been trying to get to you and I can't. <laughs> I actually have a, a my. I had a, a doctor friend of mine. Chris Virtue was his name, and he was from Trinidad. Um, and he always was talking to me about how beautiful it was. So I went down there. I loved it there. It was many, many years ago, 25 years ago. You were probably not even born yet. Um, well, I was born. <laughs> I, I, I was around at the time. I'm uh-huh. not that young. Um, but mm-hmm. I am thrilled to be talking to you. You have well, thank changed you. my life. You've changed my life. And oh. you've changed the lives of so many people that I know. And I needed to say thank you before I go into my request. Oh, well, you're very, very welcome. Whatever I've done, I just, I never like to take the credit for that because the problem with taking the credit for changing people's lives is the people whose lives are all screwed up, then I have to take the blame too, you know, and I just don't (laughs) want the blame. So I I don't take the credit, I don't take the blame, but thank you for the nice comment. And um, uh, for me, why, why I'm calling and why I felt the need to get in touch with you and to talk to you is because I have been trying to implement everything that you write about. I'm reading Wishes Fulfilled, and I'm meditating, and I've read your books before. And I just can't seem to get past that stage of loving myself. Uh, Now, just to give you a little bit of background about me, I'm a journalist and a a news presenter in my country, so a lot Mm -hmm. of people know who I am. I'm very popular. Mm -hmm. People say, children, girls say, I want to be like Anne-Marie. And Mm -hmm. that feels wonderful, and I feel great, and I write very inspiring pieces. Some of it gets published. And then I get home, and I look in the mirror, and I try to remember the things that you've written about and the things that I've written about. And I can't get past the stage of, I love me. I, I constantly need other people to validate me. Um, whether it's a man or it's a co-worker. And I've been trying to deal with that issue of loving myself. Mm. And I feel like the one, only person who may be able to help me is you. Mm. One of the people that's been very, very instrumental in my life, particularly in uh, in recent years, um, is a man named uh, Mevlana Jalaluddin Rumi. I don't, have you, uh, he was, uh, I've heard of Rumi, yes. Yeah, well, Mevlana is a term that means our master, and Jalaluddin is... Uh, the first name given to him, and Rumi, he lived back in the 13th century. Uh, very, very divinely spiritual man, one of the one, one of the great uh, Christ consciousness people who ever walked on this planet, and mentions Jesus as much as he mentions uh, Muhammad in, in, in his work, and so on. He's a Persian poet. So um, this is one of the things that he says. This is going to be very helpful to you, Anne-Marie. Uh, he said, you who seek God, apart, apart, that which you seek, thou art, thou art. 
if you want to seek the beloved's face, polish the mirror and gaze into that space. So that's <clears throat> that's from Rumi. So now, what, when you look into the mirror, as you just described, instead of seeing Anne Marie, this woman who's a journalist, who's from Trinidad, who's you know, on, on you know, whatever your age is and whatever your accomplishments are and your possessions and so on. Instead of seeing that when you look into that mirror, <clears throat> remember what uh, Rumi said. You who seek God, apart, apart, that which you seek, thou art, thou art. If you want to seek the beloved's face, polish the mirror and gaze into that space. And so when you look into the mirror, what you want to do is see God and realize that that's who you are. You know, that, uh, that deep within you, buried deep within you, is, is, is see, we all know that we come from whatever we call this thing, called this invisible intelligence, whether you call it the Tao or whether you call it God consciousness or Christ consciousness or you know, Krishna or, or uh, you know, whatever, Allah, it makes no difference what we call it. It's everything originates, quantum physics teaches us that everything originates uh, from, uh, from non-form. Jesus put it this way. He said, it's the spirit that gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. So it's the spirit. It's this invisibleness that, uh, that creates life. You came out of this invisibleness, from the, out of this nothingness. And um, when you realize that, that what that is that you came from, that you came out of, that all things come out of in the physical world, uh, is that source, is God, then you have to remind yourself that you must be like what you came from. And so... Um, I would ask you the question in response to what you are saying to me is how do you think God, your source, what do you think he thinks or he, she thinks, whatever you want to call this thing, uh, when, when they look at you at Anne Marie, what do you think that they, they see? Remember God is, God is love. Jesus said it so beautifully. God is love. You know, that's like the definition of, uh, of what God is. It's just this pure loveness, you know? Um, so all, the only thing that God can do, if he's just pure love, is to look upon everything the same way that he is. It's the only thing that can, can, can come out of him is what's inside of him. So how do you think, what do you think God thinks when he, when he looks at you? What do you think he thinks of you? He, he sees his child trying to fulfill his wishes and mm -hmm. to lead a good life and help others. And you think he loves you? He loves me immensely. Yeah, because he's, remember, God God is love. So the only thing that God can do is love. I mean, to say that God would hate something is just, that that's an ego-driven God. That's not, that's not the God of quantum physics. It's not the God of this universe that we're in. If it, it, and so the only way that God can look upon you is with loving eyes, because that's all he is. And you are, after all, a part of him. You came from him, and you're returning to him. Um, and if God can love you, you know, and, and think of you as this, like this, this divine being who doesn't have to do anything. You know, there's, there's nothing you have to accomplish. I mean, you, all you need to do is just be, just be this divine loving presence that you are. That's how your source sees you. And when you begin to see yourself in the same way that your source, the same way that God sees you, when you begin to do that, um, you'll never have that doubt about, um, you know, that you were describing when you look into the mirror. When you look into the mirror, 
you you want to look instead of have what's look staring back at you reflected back to you as this being that you are is recognize that God that's God staring back at you and to really begin to see that the highest place within yourself and to act from that place and then all of that doubt about your worthiness to um, to receive or or whether you're worthy of all of the accolades and so on that you get there in Trinidad um, from all of the people who who respect you and love you um, you'll say well, of course of course they love me because I am an instrument of love that's what I do that's who I am and that's all I have to do is just be love and once you get that and once once that that's a part of who you are wow it's like you'll never have any self-doubt again no. I'm, I'm smiling because you're right and I'm mm. also smiling because I need to remind myself of that because it's not that I am not aware that God loves me. I know that He does. But then something happens, and it, it usually is linked to some form of rejection. And mm-hmm. then I forget, and I think, okay, well, if I am this spiritual being, and God loves me the way He loves me, then why am I being treated this way? And why was I rejected? Or why am I going through what I've gone through, what mm-hmm. I'm going through right now? And that's yeah, the and balance, the issue of sure. It. And you can you can do it one of two ways. You can be in a state of gratitude for the this love that is what your essence is. Your original nature is this love, and say that everything that comes my way, even the things that seem to be um, interference or obstacles or difficulties or struggles or you know accidents or illnesses or being left and being rejected that all of this is just a part of the curriculum of, of my curriculum to returning to God. So instead of waiting for something good to come along so that you can be in a state of gratitude, um, you just start being in a state of gratitude all the time for everything, you know, that shows up in your life, including the, including the rejection. And when you can just have someone reject you and say, thank you, um, I, ne- I needed to learn that in this moment and, and not let yourself become all obsessed with they don't like me or they you know I didn't do the right thing or whatever and just allow that you be you just be amazed at how freeing that is for you to just uh, to get, you don't just get down on your knees and, and pray to God when things are going well and being in a state of you you you, you get down on your knees and, and and pray and and be grateful for this struggle this illness this difficulty I've been struggling with something with my back in the last uh, few weeks and so on, uh, related to any number of things. And every time I feel that twinge in my back and so on, I I say, there's something in this for me. There's something for me to learn here. Maybe I need to slow down a little. Maybe I need to not do that. Whatever it is that, um, that, that I'm just grateful for the reminder instead of cursing it and wishing that it weren't there. And I guess the freedom comes when we've learned the lesson, right? And then you'd stop asking the questions about your back, and I would stop stop asking the questions right. about what is the lesson right. here. Yeah, I think freedom comes when you can just be an instrument of love uh, and just love it. Love love your back, love the pain, love the people that reject you, love, uh, love it all. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to be anybody's victim. It just means that, that you're just coming from a place of love. There's no judgment in there. And once you get judgment and criticism out of your out of your consciousness, you're thinking and you're you're you've returned to your source. It's like what you, this is how you came into this world as this beautiful little baby girl, you know, 
who didn't have to do anything to please anybody. You just are. You, you, you were just created because that's just in the nature. Of it. That's what God wanted. And here you are. No need to judge does, anything. Does it, does it ever end, Dr. Dyer? Does, do the questions ever stop? Are you at a stage in your life where um, uh, you feel like you're almost there then um, because you're, you're such a very spiritually evolved person? Um, does it, do, are you at that stage where the insecurities have ended and you, you've almost stopped struggling with all of mm. these issues that people like myself it's a good, wonderful question, and I have a yes and no answer to it. Um, the uh, Rumi said, uh, when, when you are born, uh, a ladder is placed before you to help you to escape from this world. Um, and so uh, I've always had that image of a ladder was placed before me when I was born, and, I, and I've been climbing that ladder, stepping one rung up. And as I reviewed all of the, the, the things that happened in my life, as I wrote, I, you can, I can see clearly now, I can see how I was moving from one step up when I was a little boy, when I was in grade school, when I was in high school, when I was in the service in the Navy, when I was in college, when I was a professor, when I was writing, when I left. All of these decisions that I, you know, that, and people that came into my life and the impactful things, uh, we're all uh, helping me to take to to step up another rung on that ladder, and I feel like what I've done is I've gotten to, on that ladder to uh, pretty much the top uh, of of how far it goes in this physical world, and there's like a scaffold there, and I walk across along that scaffold, and I say, well, the the next step up for me is really just divine love. It's just being in that place of uh, of just loving everything and everyone and, and having no judgment towards anyone. I, it doesn't matter what the news tells me and who I'm supposed to hate and all of that. It's just only, it's just love for me. That the next step up for me on the ladder mm -hmm. um, means that there's no more ladder. You don't need, I don't need to go, uh, it's, it's not a physical journey any longer. It's uh, the, the next step up is, is beyond form. It's to be able to be in that peaceful, beautiful internal state of joy and, uh, and and just uh, just divine love to be in that place that I don't need a body and whether that means I'm going to leave this body and move on it wouldn't makes no difference to me at this point um, uh, it's just, it's like I know that the, the next steps up on the ladder for me have nothing to do with my mind and my body they have to do with just entering that world of spirit and living in it and I'm doing it now and I uh, but if you're asking me, do I ever have doubts and do I ever slip? The fact is that the reason I feel more enlightened now than I did even 10 years ago is because I realize how little I know in this physical world. I mean, I, most people attribute what you just said to me. I'm more spiritually awake and more enlightened and, and wiser. And, and the, the truth of it is that uh, I'm at a place in my life where I realize I know almost nothing in comparison to what there is to know. I just read a story about a scientific discovery. How they discovered this, I have no idea. But they discovered a galaxy that to go from one end to the other of this galaxy that's out there someplace beyond where we are, it would take 80 billion light years to go from one end to the galaxy to the other. My goodness. That's something that we haven't even discovered yet. We just know that it's out there. So, I mean, how could I have any assurance about anything? When I think about something being so large that it would take the, the amount of time that light travels at 186,000 miles per second 
the number amount of time it travels in a year, and you'd need 80 billion of those years just to get across it. That's how. That's what it means to be in an infinite universe. I, I, I try to understand the concept of infinity and and things just be always expanding. The problem is I have to do it with a mind and a brain and a body that begins and ends. But where I live is mostly uh, a place that doesn't begin and end and, and, and end anymore. And that's why meditation and being peaceful and and um, you know <coughs> living a more uh, a secluded life is, uh, is, is the choices that I make today. I, I, I try to um, think like that where death is concerned because uh, I feel my philosophy is that we just don't know what is on the other side. So why mm-hmm. risk it by living a life where we hurt others and hurt ourselves? Right. And, and we know that what makes us feel good is when we love and when we give and when we serve. And when we're gentle and when we're kind, we know we like being around those kind of people. We know that everything flourishes when we're in that kind of an environment. So we just have to go by our feelings. You know, just like, what does it feel like to be when somebody yells at you or when you yell at somebody else versus when you put your arms around someone and tell them how much you love them? What, which, which one of those makes you feel good? And as, as Muktananda would say to everyone entering his ashram, do you know the difference between good and God? And when someone would say no... He would just make a circle with his thumb and his finger and say zero, like one little zero. That, in other words, there is no difference between feeling good and feeling God. What makes you feel good is God. It's the same thing. It's love. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.